Welcome to the Miller Oddcast, a brand new podcast from the Missouri Review. For over 40 years now, TMR has been discovering and publishing the best contemporary writing in fiction, nonfiction, and poetry. Our quarterly magazine appears in print, digital, and audio formats. Learn more at MissouriReview.com. Hello, and welcome back to Miller Oddcast. The Missouri Review podcast where we listen to and discuss the finalists for the 2021 Miller Audio Prize. I'm Mark McKee, Managing Editor, and the forecast on the internet calls for, let's say, puppies. Thankfully, the Oddcast is here for episode number 40, featuring the latest finalists for the 2021 Miller Audio Prize in Humor, the story lady, Cinderella, from Sally Stevens. Sally Stevens works in film and television scoring, sound recordings, sound and concert recordings in the Hollywood music business as a singer, choral director, and lyricist. She served as choral director for the Oscars broadcast for 22 years, and her voice can be heard on literally hundreds of film and television scores. She sings the main title for The Simpsons, now in its 32nd year of airing. Her other passion is writing, and her short stories and poems have been included in Mocking Heart Review, Hermeneutic Chaos Literary Journal, Raven's Perch, The Offbeat, Funny and 500, Between the Lines Anthology, Fairy Tales and Folklore Reimagined, The Los Angeles Press, The Voices Project, and No Extra Words Podcast. Had the pandemic not shut them down, this would have been her 22nd summer at the University of Iowa Summer Writing Workshops. She has recently completed a memoir about her journey through the music world of Hollywood, including the touring years in concert with Ray Conniff, Nat King Cole, and Burt Bacharach. She's also a fine arts photographer and has had several black-and-white fine art photography exhibits in the Los Angeles area. Some of the photos from her series of film composer portraits were included in an exhibit at Cité de la Musique in Paris in 2013. As she notes about this particular material, When I was a kid, I wanted to be another Lucille Ball when I grew up. Life took me in another direction, but I just loved doing readings and hearing the audience laughter. This piece was so fun to create, and I'm just thrilled that it will hopefully be enjoyed by folks I would never otherwise have a chance to share it with. My love and thanks to TMR. We'll make sure and get her social media handles and her websites, multiple websites, up in the show notes. Be sure to look out for them and learn more about Sally Stevens. In the meantime, stick around after the piece to hear me and contest editor Bailey Boyd talk about all the ins and outs of this wonderfully funny piece. And now, the story lady, Cinderella, from Sally Stevens. Once upon a time in a kingdom far away, there lived a beautiful young girl whose sweetness and charm were the envy of both of her wicked, ugly stepsisters and her wicked, ugly stepmother, who had been just good-looking enough to bag her father, the wealthy spinning-wheel magnate, but was no match for Cinderella. Unfortunately, he was on the road most of the time, so Cinderella fell victim to the cruel whims of her wicked step-family. said the wicked older stepsister. And then polish the sequins on the bodice of my ball gown. I must capture the heart of Prince Trueblood at the palace ball this evening. Never mind her, Cinderella. She's much too old for the prince anyway. Help me on with my wig. The youngest stepsister suffered from an unfortunate nervous condition and had lost her auburn curls at the age of 13. And pump up 
my inflatable bus. Girls, girls, you'll have to tend to your own ablutions. Cinderella must run to the village and buy me some fixative for my pearly whites. Your benevolent and rich stepfather, inventor of the prickless spinning wheel, is coming home from the promotional tour, and I have only two days to convince him to sign the quick deed on this palatial castle, plus the oil and mineral rights to the surrounding acreage before he leaves again. The wicked stepmother had gotten herself into trouble at the track, betting on unicorn races, and needed to pay off the mob. Cinderella sighed. Oh! And bundled herself off to do her stepmother's bidding. On the way to town, she passed the town crier, who was announcing that all the single young women of the kingdom were commanded to appear at the ball that very evening in order that the prince might choose a wife from among them. Oh, me! cried Cinderella. I haven't a thing to wear, and even if I did, my cruel stepmother would never allow me to go to the palace. So, uh, don't tell her you're going, said a tiny voice from out of nowhere. What's that? cried Cinderella. So, don't tell her you're going. It's me down here in your shopping basket. Cinderella looked down and saw one of the little gray kitchen mice staring up at her with his beady little eyes. If this weren't a fairy tale, I'd call the exterminator right this minute, said Cinderella. But since it was a fairy tale, she went on talking to the mouse as if it were a perfectly normal thing to do. How can I go? I have nothing to wear but these shabby old rags. And even a good douse of starch won't help brighten them. So, uh, listen, kid, this may be the right time to call your fairy godmother. Oh, I couldn't do that. I was saving her for my college education, answered Cindy. Oh, for Christ's sake, replied the mouse. Don't you know, if you nab the prince, you, you could go to school any way you wanted on the, on the royal family. Cinderella had dreamed of a career as an apothecary's assistant. She had a gift for mixing potions which had amazing effectiveness despite her limited training and resources. She thought for a moment and realized there was truth in what the mouse had said. There's truth in what you said, said Cinderella. How do I get a hold of my fairy godmother? Shut your eyes, spin around three times, and say, Abracadabra. So Cinderella shut her eyes. She spun around three times and said, Abracadabra. And when she opened her eyes, she discovered she had stepped on the little gray mouse. Hello, Internet listeners of the Miller Oddcast. This is Mark McKee, Managing Editor from the Missouri Review, and I'm joined by Bailey Boyd, Contest Editor. Hi. And today, or yesterday, or whenever, uh, you've just listened to Cinderella Baby from Sally Stevens. And now is the time we're going to talk about it a little bit. I think starting with the nifty play that it's doing between what I guess we'll call contemporary concerns or contemporary kind of like references uh, within the structural framework of uh, a, a story that most of us are probably familiar with, the Cinderella story, 
one of the things, I mean, there's a number of details that I think are really funny about that, um, that the father uh, who's, who's dead in many other tellings is instead just kind of absent. He's the prickless spinning wheel magnate, which I thought was funny. And what are some of the other ones that kind of like that, that you, that you found most charming and, and, and funny? Yeah, there, there were so many, so many ways of kind of updating and kind of putting those contemporary details into the story The you know, the trying to swindle the father out of oil and mineral rights or getting those signed over um, to, to the stepmother, along with the the things that Cinderella needs to help the sisters with, one of which is um, dying one of their roots. Um, and down to, you know, betting on unicorn races is what got the, the stepmother into some trouble. Yeah, um, she's, she's, she's into the mob for some money and she needs a quick score to kind of, to even things out, which is really funny. Yeah, so um, it kind of seemed like a, um, almost like waiting to hear what new detail was, was going to come next. So I found myself list, you know, trying to listen for them, almost like finding, finding them within this story that I already kind of knew and was familiar with, obviously. Yeah. I mean, even down to the, I don't, I don't remember uh, if the prince has a name in the other Cinderella stories. It's not one that's coming to mind, but here he's Prince Trueblood just like a very quick and efficient stab at kind of like the elitism of a of monarchical rule. I feel like maybe it's, it's even doing that feels like a jab at the, at the Royal family in England, <laughs> but it also very ably and, and kind of with, you know, just with a kind of, with its own kind of confidence, like, uh, you know, morphs into uh a meta situation as well, which I'm always appreciative of Cinderella right. knowing that she's in a fairy tale and this is why she can talk to this talking mouse. I also really loved that she was reserving her call to her fairy godmother um, to pay for a college education. Um, that's <laughs> just kind of mixing the contemporary and also reframe, reframing Cinderella's desires and you know, ambitions in, in this story yeah. also with that meta, you know, meta awareness of, of the, the story that she's in, which was really funny on a mm -hmm. few different levels for me. Yeah. I mean, yeah, she's saving that call and I mean, she's got a plan, which is interesting. Um, and it's also a plan whose ambitions are kind of, are constrained. They're not too, like, it's not, I have this magic call to make. And yet what I'm asking for is to go to college, to be an apothecary's assistant. Right, right, but also to, because she mixes potions, and so still, I, I still loved that you know magical element to it. The still the fun and um, potions, still Cinderella kind of magical fairy godmother esque kind of carrying that on in her career path. So yeah, and we also get I think we get a wide range of I mean in a very short amount of time, we get a fairly wide range of voices that, that bring all of these, that, that feel like these great riffs on, on the characters and are clearly, in addition to the narrator, I mean, it's just, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of voice work that I think is really effective. Right. Yeah. You brought up before how, um, how short the, the piece is, but yet it doesn't really feel short because we get so many different 
characters that are so animated because of because of those voices so it feels like this full cast that mm. you know um is talking talking to each other and moving in and out of of these of these scenes really well and so it feels it feels like it goes beyond the time that that it actually fills which is cool yeah i think that's one other way that it's using the kind of our our familiarity with the cinderella story to to really kind of have confidence in riffing on it in that way which leads to its truncation because <laughs> since we know the whole cinderella story we know the cinderella stories we've been told or read or seen on in movies the unceremonious ending comes structured like a kind of perfect punchline right yeah it's so sad too for, for the, little, the little kitchen mouse oh. uh, yeah who I, it sounds a little bit like a street urchin, but like, which which works. Uh, but also, I think that the the really one of the really nifty things about that too is that like the the demise of the of the gray kitchen mouse is told in the the same lilting narrator's voice, kind of almost matter of factly in this kind of musical way. And then she discovered she that she had stepped on the kitchen mouse, and that's it. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> Story is over. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, really we great. really we really enjoyed this one. And it's uh it's it's fun to listen to and to kind of pick up on all those elements. There's a lot, there's a lot stuffed in there, but it doesn't feel overstuffed at the same time. No, it's really such a delay. Um, and you know, as always, I think I'm going to you know, invite folks to listen to it again, see, see what else you pick up on, see what other details come out um, that you find amusing in each listen, because there's so many hidden, hidden within this story, I think. Indeed, I will echo Bailey there, and then just move on to thanking you for being here with us. It's nice to have a light piece too, as we're, as we're headed toward the end of 2021, a year that really deserves to have, <laughs> be dotted at the end with plenty of, of humorous, lighthearted pieces. I agree. And thank all you right. for listening and for being here with us and we hope all is well. And this is the time when we wave at the screen. Can you hear it? You can hear it. All right, we'll be back soon um, with more oddcasts. So stay up. Bye. Bye. Thanks for being here with us for Miller Oddcast 40, featuring the story lady, Cinderella, from Sally Stevens. Oddcast 41 is on its way soon, so be alert. Thanks as always to Missouri Review Contest Editor Bailey Boyd, and to Patricia Miller for her generous support for the Miller Audio Prize. Just as a reminder, TMR is open for submissions year-round, and we remain dedicated to discovering and publishing the best contemporary writing in fiction, nonfiction, and poetry. Be heard. Give us the opportunity to discover you. Subscribe or submit your work today. In addition, we have tons of marvelous and free creative content to read, listen to, and even watch on our website. Learn more at MissouriReview.com. <laughs>